event organizers. Get ready to level up. To level up. You're listening to the Event Academy Live podcast, where we elevate motivated event organizers. This podcast is brought to you by Fusion. All the event ticketing features and support you need for one low price. Check them out at GetFusionSolutions.com. Now, it's time for your host, Jake Spurley. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Event Academy Live. I have arguably the sponsorship king with me today, all the way from across the pond, over in London, the United Kingdom, Nick Atticott from Maverick Group, one of the premier sponsorship uh, facilitators in the UK. Nick, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolute pleasure, Jake. It's uh, great to be here. Very excited. You know, our time goes back a couple years now when you were at a previous company. And one thing I've always appreciated about Nick is that he does what he says he's going to do. And the guy is a visionary thinker. We always, just before this podcast, we were chatting up about data and how events could be using data differently and like where we see events lacking. And I always appreciate our conversations because they're always forward thinking. So I'm really excited for this episode. I know our viewers are going to be super excited to learn a thing or two about sponsorships to help them just increase their sponsorship program, their sponsorship game, just a little bit more. So Nick, tell the listeners, give us a little background about you, what you would do with the Maverick Group, just so they can kind of better understand your background. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, I kind of uh, kicked off my my working career after playing golf for a little bit uh, in sponsorship. I worked for an agency for 12 years, a sponsorship agency, working with some of the biggest brands and, and sporting events around the world. I kind of got waylaid a little bit along the line and, and worked for some betting companies, online betting, which, you know, again, uh, massive players in the sponsorship market uh, have been. There's, there's a lot of regulatory issues going on, and I know betting's just opening up state by state in the US, so some great opportunities are, are going to be uh, forthcoming there with some of those betting companies. And uh, as you said, we 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 met while I was at Tappet selling uh, cashless payments and data ecosystems into venues, live events, and stadiums. And I, I joined uh, Maverick Sports and Entertainment a, about four months ago, I guess now. Maverick Sports and Entertainment is part of a advertising group that was set up 20 years. We're just in our 20th year now, fundamentally as, a, as an ad agency. But over the period of time, we've added new business units in. So we have uh, experiential uh, agency. We have digital transformation, transcreation. We have uh, design, brand design, everything that, that a full agency should offer. And as I say, I've come in to, to head up our sponsorship sports and marketing agency. Really focused two things, really. One, we have some existing clients within our portfolio, likes of DHL, who are massive players in the in the global sponsorship market. Uh, and another one I've been working with recently called Pendragon, who own Stratstone, Castle, and uh, Evans Halshaw. Working with those guys on really understanding what their sponsorship strategy is, coming to them with some new ideas of how they can drive their businesses forward through sponsorship. But then also looking to bring in new uh, brands, new sponsors in through the sports and, uh, and end store, really. So very much, uh, yeah, it's it's for me full focus on talking to brands, talking to event owners, and really trying to pull the two together, really, and create some, some really exciting partnerships. I want to make sure everybody understands this. Not once did Nick say gold, silver, or bronze packages. Not once. He just he just said, okay, we go to brands saying, hey, what's your guys' marketing strategy? What do you want to accomplish? Great. Let me go find that opportunity for you. Or I have this great opportunity for you. I think it might pair excellently with your brand. 
for everybody out there that is new to sponsorships or that does this package BS, that's not how the big dogs do it. Nick, ed educate folks that might be new to sponsorship. How do the big dogs do sponsorship? Like walk us through the beginning stages all the way kind of to like the end of a sponsorship deal. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. I, I As soon as I have someone talking about tiered packages or, or gold, silver, bronze, it's time to, to, to hang up the, the phone or go and actually see them and explain to them how, how it works. But yeah, for me, it's it's really about, you know, working brand side first because you know that there are a million properties to sell out there whether it's a first of all whether it's a sporting stadium a jersey patch that the mlb are just starting to to go out to market with now that the, the properties are, are endless and and so for me it's always about starting with the brand first and the only way to do that is to to go into a brand and listen and understand what their strategy is who their target audience is what are they trying to achieve what is their five ten year growth plan and then my job then is to go away with all that information ask as many questions as i can then ask some more because you can never ask too many questions take that information away and it's done is when my job really starts and it's about me trying to create a strategy a sponsorship strategy for them and it and it won't be straight into a five million dollar sponsorship property straight off it will tend to be a journey that we take them on especially if it's a if it's a brand that's never sponsored anything before maybe a startup or, or a new business it's about creating that journey because we need to prove that sponsorship works and it delivers on what we're saying that it will deliver on we probably need to get some board buy-in as well internally which is a which is another big thing because you'll have either the commercial director or the ceo will be driving this but he needs to bring everyone else in the business along with him so it's often a better way to start well let's start with this which we think will hit some really good touch points for you depending on what your marketing strategy is, but but have laid out that that five-year plan, 10-year plan for them from day one and say, this is where we're starting. It's a small event for maybe 20,000 people local to where your business is. You're going to be able to do some great customer B2B engagement. Then we're going to take you into this property, which is you know, a little bit more uh, national. So you're going to hit more of your, your offices around the country, potentially. Then we're going to look at something that goes a step further. And it's about laying out those steps really and getting them to understand okay so we can do this not going to cost us too much money to try it to make sure that it works and then we can keep evaluating before we move on to the next step of the plan so it's yeah it's very much about you know, understanding what their requirements are then we go away really try and, and and create something that we know will work incredibly well to hit their their key kpis and their milestones along the way and then we go back and we present and We'll have some different options because you know it's not always just the one thing that that fits. But we'll have that'll be very much tied into that plan that we take to them, and and it's really then about you know getting their buy-in and getting them to understand it. So we'll during that process we'll take them to some other similar events, get them to understand how they work, and you know show them live at an event how this could work for them and how they could do it better than the current uh, brands that are sponsoring those events. Something interesting you said there is it's a it's a step-by-step -step approach, right? Like in sponsorships, you don't just go in for the naming rights of a brand new arena right off the bat. Like you have to take those baby steps. And I think what that's a, one of the critical things that event organizers need to understand is whether you're on the brand side or you're on the event organizer side, you have to take this in baby steps, right? Like if you're revamping your sponsorship program or you're trying to, you know, get that brand new title sponsor, like you have to walk them through that customer journey. It's just like dating. I mean, there, there there is a TV show now called Love at First Sight, but that's not really how a lot of business works, right? 
you, you got to date a little bit. And they're like, all right, fine. We, we work well together. Let's do something a little bit bigger. And that's so much of what this is. You got to exactly. start small. Exactly. That's exactly, exactly it. And then, you know, for, for brands that are new in the sponsorship, that's exactly the approach that you have to take. But even if there's a brand that's been in the sponsorship market for 20 years, they will have been using other agencies and working with other properties. So you still have to start at the beginning. You have to start at that first date. You have to take them flowers. You have to take them out for dinner. You have to get to know them. But more importantly, get them to know you and get them to trust you and what you're what you're talking to them about is 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 real and going to help their business. So yeah, that that that's that's very much how I see it for sure. So how do you, so to take those baby steps, you obviously have to be able to have a conversation. I feel like a lot of event organizers get hung up with. I can't even get them to respond to me. And it's like, well, step number one, you probably sent them a one sheet flyer that shows them your packages. That's probably why not they're, they're not responding. But more importantly, Nick, how, if I was an event organizer and I wanted you to potentially partner with me, like what's the best way to not only reach out, but just to get that conversation started? Yeah, it, it, that that is the hardest bit really, because you know, <laughs> they, they, these people aren't just hanging around on trees. That you can just go and pick them off and, and say, "Great, let's start a conversation." So it, you know, and, and and like with anything in life, timing and luck play play a big part in that. You know, the the right thing will land on the right person's desk just as they were looking to do so. I, I remember one of the the brands I worked with uh, a few years back. We're an insurance brand, and I, I basically got a, a, an introduction to their uh, CMO. And I went in to see them the day after. They just had some market research done, which showed they had 0% uh, brand awareness in their in the city of London, which is where they operated. So timing was was great because I said, well, funny enough, we can we can do something about that. So, yeah, it, it, it's difficult. And, you know, there are a lot of ways currently. A lot of people use LinkedIn for, for reaching out. A lot of people will use various CRM tools. You know, we use HubSpot currently at, at uh, Maverick, and those you tend to get very sort of low return rates on on those sort of reach outs. And and so yeah, for me, it's always been about being out there, going to events, networking, trying to start real conversations with people in a relaxed environment. And you know, if you have an event, a team, stadium, whatever it is that you're trying to sell. You know, being able to host those types of events, get people to come and feel it and see it live in a relaxed atmosphere where it's not a hard sell. Those things can work can work really well. It's but it's you know I spend probably seventy percent of my time out of my office meeting people at networking events, trade shows. I was just up at the Open Golf Championship this week, gone, and you know, I think I saw two shots hit because for me there was about a hundred people there that I wanted to go and say hi to, have a beer with, and it's that constant you know putting yourself out there being seen in the right places that are relevant to to your event and, and what it is you're trying to sell so there's nothing there's nothing better in my mind than pressing the flesh and, and going to meet people and, and putting yourself out there because yeah the majority of emails and linkedin uh, messages that go out just don't don't hit the spot i'm afraid yeah and i think even just listening to some events we work with that are excellent at sponsorships like they do it the right way so much of it is if you have the right sponsorship program, you're not selling much because you're giving so much value to that business. It's like, I'll pay double this because I'm getting exactly what I want in front of exactly my target customer, what it fits my ICP is like, it's perfect. And you think that's the big mess here is sponsorships suck to sell if you're doing them wrong. They can be really, really, really easy if you're doing them right. And you're giving, you're giving that brand exactly what they're looking for because for them, it's like, all right, I can spend a hundred grand on 
radio, let's say. If you're spending 100 grand on radio, I'd be a little concerned. But 100 grand on radio. Or I can spend 100 grand at this specific trade show or whatever sporting event that my ideal customers are at. Like, this should be a no-brainer decision for me. Yeah. And, and you're right. And that's where this goes back to that bit of being able to understand the brand and, and the person you're targeting. And if you haven't had the ability or the chance to have a conversation with them, you have to do your research. You have to find out what that business wants to do, where they're going, what have they done in the past, what have they sponsored. Because you, you're right. If you just send them a package to say this, getting back to the gold, silver, bronze, this is what you get for the money. It, you know, if it doesn't fit with what they're looking for, they're, they're just going to walk away straight away before they even, you know, look at it. So it's about that understanding. And that can be gained, as I say, through researching. You know, we will, before we do any reach outs to anybody, we'll understand exactly what they've sponsored since that business, that brand was set up, how it's worked for them, what returns it's given them, what their growth is, what are they up to in the market, you know, and get as much information as we can before we even you know put an email together or, or or you know have a cold call because you need to you need to demonstrate that you've understood you know who they are and and, and what they're about and right. why that's going to fit with what you're you're going to talk to them about and and you're right and you focus on the the deliverables the assets that you can give them rather than the package it's about you know we we identified this as one of your challenges this is how we think our event can overcome those challenges and deliver some real so you don't even talk about the package it's it's there's there'll, there'll be a hook within your event and what they need and that's the thing that you focus on in those early conversations the other thing that fascinates me is how much more money these events can be can make based off these tailored packages right it's like you could sell and i i tell events all right make a list of absolutely everything you could possibly imagine that could have somebody's logo on it from like an arena to i don't garbage cans even like the wackiest stuff it might be a good fit for a certain a certain brand you just don't know and from there it's like all right here's a list of everything that could possibly be sponsored now we can kind of make a package out of that but then it's like even if you sold everything on that list in these like gold silver bronze packages i guarantee you if you just custom tailored one package to a very specific brand they'd be willing to pay probably double or triple what you just spent a whole bunch of work you know getting all these little tiny package sponsorships in because people are willing to pay for what they want. If you're solving their problem, they're willing to give you the bucks. And if that's their their name on like, I don't know, in flames at the beginning of a rodeo, that's what it is. If it's underneath the ice, like they don't care. Just give the people what they want. They're gonna give you the money. It's mind boggling. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And and you know, one one bit of advice, you know, I have a lot of you know new events and people come to me for advice and and you know the first thing i say is well you know work with us and we'll <laughs> we'll solve your problem for you but a lot of them have to do it on their own for budgetary reasons but you know that they'll be going out and creating those those gold silver bronze packages and yeah for me it's like if you create the package that's at the, at the high end exactly as you've said that that incorporates and encompasses everything that you think your your event can deliver it's much easier to get one brand to spend a million dollars than yeah. 50 brands to spend twenty five thousand. that's that's you know because it's 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 one conversation that conversation will take a little bit longer but it, for me it's always about exactly that focus on the value that you can deliver hit those real key touch points that you believe that brand needs to to address those challenges that they need to overcome create that package go and sell it once 
and then because then once you've done that and you've got your founding partner and your title sponsor whatever it is you want to call it your presenting sponsor that's great you're done you're set now you can go and, and whatever they haven't taken or they're not using then you can go and sell that to other people and it's a, it's a lot easier because you go so well look our event's sponsored by mercedes-benz great that gets you <laughs> that opens yeah, a lot of doors it, 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 that's a, that's a great door opener to go in to a drinks supplier to a payment supplier to crypto whoever it is because they want to be associated with those events that have those you know if you're going in and saying well we haven't got any sponsors and you're trying to get a, a you know fifty fifty thousand dollar sponsorship deal done it's hard but if you get that top one first that that real key one that that gives the the event that sort of credence credibility then it's 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 a much easier job so if i'm an event I now know how the process works from start to finish. I now know that my packages need to go in the trash. I get that. How if I if I were if I were an event that has sponsorships done packaged right now, how would you advise me to revamp my sponsorship program to meet what we're trying what, what we're talking about today? Like what does that look like? What what should they start with? Yeah, and I, I think the first thing and you touched on it in a little while ago is is the event owner, you need to really understand what it is that you have and and you know that's people that's space for logos that's you know hospitality b2b engagement opportunities all of those things but you need, you need to really do a, a deep dive into the event itself and, and understand the value of each of those assets that you can deliver to to a brand and then you know look at those potential packages that you've been out selling or you're, you're trying to sell and just you know, really what it you know almost identify what does my event stand for what is my usp in the sponsorship space is it you know i've got a hundred thousand people so you've got the opportunity to engage with a hundred thousand people i've got a great digital strategy where i'll be able to deliver first party data back to that brand so they can actually have direct respect to data again they can have that direct communication with the with the the the, the, the fan the, the event guy so it's really about understanding, you know, what it is that, that you have to offer. What is the key thing? Is it the amount of people? Is it the TV coverage exposure that you're going to get from a brand awareness point of view? Is it community? Is it purpose-led? It's it's really understanding what is the key thing because a lot of event owners are great at, at running events, but it's you need to look inwardly and understand exactly what can my event deliver and what is the best part of my event that, that I want to go out and sell and, and, and hang my hat on effectively. Nick, you said data. <laughs> yes. I think, I think, I think we just have to talk about it. Yep. <laughs> um, so from a fusion ticket side, it's constantly this conversation of why are you asking zero questions to your customers? Their email address and name is a great start, but that's literally what every single ticketing platform does for you why are you not capturing more data? And most of the time it's like, I don't know, we just, what do we need it for? It's like, all right, well, here's an education session. Let's go back to school for a minute. Nick, tell me the importance and tell the viewers the importance of data in the sponsorship world. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of my favorite subjects, data. And, and it, has, it has two main sort of uh, areas that we need to discuss. The one is really around the event owner or the rights holder being able to maximize their revenue opportunities on site and the more you understand about your fans your customers that are there the more you can sell to them and that and that's really what it should be about maximize that revenue opportunity if you understand if you have multiple events through the year 
Yeah, currently, if someone buys a ticket, they might be buying tickets for their friends. You don't have any data on those people. And even if you just have, their, as you say, their name and email address of the ticket purchases, that doesn't really get you very far. But by being able to set up a, a, a you know, connected digital uh, infrastructure, that allows you to understand what everybody's doing while they're at your venue, what they're purchasing, what time do they get there, what time are they leaving, where have they gone while they've been on site. And that uh, information is, is, is key, really, to you know, be able to sell them more events, but also be able to get them to consume more while they're on site and, and you know, maximize your revenue that way. The other the other key point, it helps you bring in better sponsors and make more and charge more money for your sponsorships. Now, the, the biggest example that, 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 that of recent times is Spotify and Barcelona FC did a deal a few months back where Spotify had become the naming rights partner of the New Camp Stadium. Never had a naming partner there before. It's a, it's a huge deal. So Spotify and Barcelona are talking, and, and Spotify asked Barcelona, how many fans have you got globally? They said, oh, we've got 350 million fans. Spotify said, that's awesome. We've got 400 unique monthly uh, users of Spotify. We can do something really huge here. Spotify then asked Barcelona, out of those 350 million, how many of those fans do you have the consent to communicate with? They said, yeah, it's like 1%, with just under 3.5 million of their fans. Spotify just went, okay, you know what? The value we were talking about that's just gone down considerably because what what use is a fan if i can't speak to them and, and talk to them about spotify so that's the other key important bit is as soon as you start as event owner to own first party data and have the ability the consent for you and for your partners to be able to communicate then your sponsorship properties become much more valuable if you think if you have a, a soft drink uh, partner that wants to do some giveaways at your festival what normally happens is they bring 20,000 bottles of, of their, their drink, people take it away, they have no idea who took it, <laughs> who drank it, did they like it, did they not. If you have the data and you actually create a, uh, a setup where they have to you know, tap for it or, or scan something for it, you know who took it. You can then communicate with them, see if they'd liked it, and then you can start selling direct to that person. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a double-headed sword, really. It's that ability to, to maximize revenue on site from your existing customer base. But then it allows you to get better sponsorship deals done in the future as well. I couldn't have said it any better myself. I I, I feel like when I'm having the data conversation, I'm just going to take this clip and say, all right, just listen to what Nick has to say about this because you hit it out of the park. It's a double-edged sword. Your sponsors are willing to give you more money because they have data. They know who's coming. It's like, hey, if you can confidently go back to a brand and say, all right, 40% are male, 60% are female, you know, our age graphics are this, you know, our interest groups are this, here's where they travel from, like, they drink this sort of soda. I mean, you, you don't even have to get that granular into like soda, right? Like that, that that's, that's a more yeah. advanced data point, a data touch point. But even just knowing how old are you? Where are you from? Yeah. What gender are you? Right? Because here's the thing. For the brand, they want to know, all right, not only who is showing up to the event, because are the people attending the event, do they meet our ideal target audience we want to reach? But from that, what can we learn about our own marketing going forward? You know, if this if this brand activation did really, really well, and these were the demographics of people attending, maybe we need to create a marketing campaign around that towards the, you know, towards the demographics that, that this brand activation went, went really, really well with. And 100%, a little example on that, Man City, biggest football club in the world, maybe apart from Barcelona. Um, you know, their, their, their whole thing around data is understanding if fans are coming to the Etihad Stadium, their, their stadium in Manchester, if they're coming from North America, 
are they spending more money on site than ones coming from Asia? And that ability to understand demographic and spend is huge for them because if the North Americans are coming over and not spending any money, but the Asians are, then they're just going to start marketing more to Asia and, and that's their growth market for, for spend and investment in, in their in their fandom and their club. So it's yeah, it's just hugely important. You talked about, you gave, you, you gave a little example there. I, I have on my list here, have Nick give an example of a sponsorship deal. To, to some listeners, because I feel like I feel like you have just some great stories. And I want I want people to not only have all this information of how to do sponsorships, how to set it up, how to make this transformation, like how important data is, but give them like a real world example of how where you went in, you executed a sponsorship. I'm sure you could tell me a thousand different stories, but just make maybe one that resonates with you that somebody can learn something from. Yeah, it, it, it's it, yeah. I, I'm just trying to think through which would which would be the best ones to do because <laughs> there there have been quite a lot. I mean, yeah. I, but I'll, I'll do a, a recent one, and it, this kind of gives another example of how to to sell a sponsorship. So one of our existing clients at Maverick, one of the car brands that we work with, yeah, we just did a a charity purpose led partnership with uh, the Battersea Dogs Home, one of the biggest most loved charities in in the UK. But I wanted them to do a, a deaf first sports sponsorship. They hadn't done anything in sport. It's a new rebrand for them. It's a hybrid uh, car sales where you can either go into a showroom or you can buy online. And I kind of knew the only way that we were going to get something over the line was to create a real business case with actual commercial opportunities building the deal. Just putting their brand on a racing car wasn't going to be enough for them to get the deal done. So I worked with the team owner of the racing team and said, look, I can get these guys to sponsor. I'm confident of that. But I need some more assets from you. I need some commerciality in there. So it just so happened that the team owner also runs an automotive business and has a requirement for vehicles. So we build into the contract the guarantee that he will purchase a certain amount of vehicles from this car uh, seller throughout the term of the contract. And then we also looked at he has the ability to market into 47,000 independent car garages in the UK. Well, that's a great opportunity for my brand now my client to put their brand and put specific offers on car cleaning products that are going out of his, uh, his his shops so it was really you know trying to look at just the straightforward sponsorship and the the you know hospitality wasn't going to work uh, it had to be something different so we just looked under the hood <laughs> excuse the pun in a, in a motor racing <laughs> uh, but we looked under the hood and said what else can we do and, and we set, spent a lot of time with the team the racing team and understood their business so not only do you have to understand the brand that's sponsoring, you have to understand yourself as the event owner or, or if you're putting a third party into it, what can they give? What can they put on the table? And it worked out that it was that commercial element that really helped us get it over the line. We got It was one of the quickest sponsorship deals that I ever did. Uh, they normally take you know, three to six months to, to get something over the line. We did this in three weeks from start to finish. Yeah. I was, my, ne my next question was going to say, all right, so, so that our viewers have proper expectations. Nick, how long did the deal take you? And I was expecting you to say, oh, it took three to six months to keep expectations. Guys, three weeks, that's not that's <laughs> it's not a reasonable expectation for most big sponsorship deals. The sponsorship king himself, yes, Nick can get them done in three weeks. But you would say, on average, how long does a sponsorship deal take? Yeah, it, it, it varies, you know, but it, it would be somewhere between three to six months would be a normal life cycle to get that, get that deal over the line. Um, yeah, this one we were under time pressure because the race season started uh, in April. So we had to get cars wrapped and get vinyl on and, and get the car tested and, and ready to race. So, But it, without that commercial element that we added to the deal, it just wouldn't have happened. So that was the real clincher. And, and it's about 
it's all about understanding what is it that that brand wants what's going to be the hook that's going to get them to say yes and and, and that's what it was in, in this case we were very confident that it was gonna it was gonna happen and uh thankfully it did the, the other thing that you said there nick that i think a lot of people don't don't get is sponsorships don't have to be monetary exchanges right like there's so many things you can do with it the, that commercial piece super super interesting because we do this with fusion tickets as well it's like all right sure We'll flip you five grand in a sponsorship if you pick up our ticketing platform. Which, by the way, if you're an event organizer and you have a decent size event, happy to sponsor your event if you use our ticketing system. There's my plug. Um, but that's what a lot of brands are willing to do. It's like, sure, we'll give you money, but like, we can't do it just on a cash base. Like, we need to be guaranteed some kind of return. And if you're an event and let's say you're working with a signage company or something, right? Yeah. You're already spending money on signage. Just yeah. send it with somebody else, and you're going to get a sponsorship deal out of it. It's not yeah. the hard guys. Exactly, and you're right. And, and you know, as as I as we alluded to earlier, I came from Tappet Payments. Payments is another great example. Everyone needs payment ecosystems in in their in their setup. Yeah, those can very much well be traded off against sponsorship. Um, you know, DHL, another big brand that we work with currently. You know, they're a logistics delivery brand, so they will only do partnerships now that involve them delivering. You know, the the infrastructure and, and everything. So if it's F one. They deliver the stuff from one F1 to the next F1 to the next. Those are integral parts of their deals. And that does, you know, they're getting money back from from, from F1 and their partners because they're physically doing the work of delivering it. So those, those are partnerships that work incredibly well. Yeah, yeah. Nick, as you wrap this thing up, we try to, try to keep it 20, 30 minutes here. What's well, just that if you were talking to a sponsorship newbie, somebody's maybe new to the game or they've been in it for a while, they've just been stuck in the package world. What's well, just like, one thing that one one little nugget you'd give them to take away that they could implement pretty easily and quickly. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 all about understanding yourself, what you're trying to sell, and understanding who would want to buy it. You know, it's 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 like you know if you look at a you know I have a twelve year old daughter, she's constantly trying to come up with new business ideas to make money. You know, you're not going to put out a lemonade stand outside your house in the middle of winter. Because no one's going to come, so it's about understanding what you have to sell. What is your key? What makes you slightly different from the event down the road or the event in the next town or the next city? What is your key thing that you have that you can deliver that will help a brand solve a problem? Understand that first, then do your research and understand which brands will fit into what it is that you're trying to sell. That's a great, great first step. I mean, it's it's so. It, Events are so simple. You just have to listen and understand. Whether it's your stakeholders, whether it's your attendees, whether it's your marketing agencies, whatever it is. Sometimes you just gotta shut up and listen. Listen to what the data is telling you, what your sponsors are telling you, what your attendees want you to do. And that's just the meat and potatoes of it. Last, last little comment here. Nick, you said a couple weeks ago you went to a golf tournament. You said you wanted to have a beer with a hundred different people. I have to ask, did you have a beer with every person? So did you have a hundred different beers? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I'd, I'd probably said some people An had animal. <laughs> some people I had more than one beer with, so you know, <laughs> it depends on how the conversations were going. But it, yeah, those you know, for me, golf is 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 has been in my in my history. Yeah, I was a pro golfer when I started, so it's always got. A, I've worked for Wilson Sporting Goods on the golf side, so it's it's a very special place in my heart, and one that I want to keep working in. So so you know, I was out there. I sat down with all the key. Golf, well, I've had a beer with all the key golf manufacturers, the Wilsons, the TaylorMades, the Callaways, Mizuno, Ping. You know, I spoke to all of the key organizations. You know, there's a lot of uh, travel businesses in golf, like Your Golf Travel, 
sat down with all those guys. And one thing that 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 wasn't at the last open is that there's so many more influencers now in the game of golf. Literally everywhere I looked, there was a young boy or girl with their phone doing reels and doing Instagram posts about golf. Not famous people. So it, it's it's taking on a new a new edge. So I even spent time with the influencers as well. So it was just great opportunity to meet as many people as I could. And and that's really what you need to do, I think. You talked about golf and I, I you have like 20 seconds to answer. Quick shot opinion on live golf. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I think it will continue to evolve and grow. And I think the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour have to do something about it. I think they've gone into it a little bit, eyes wide shut and, and sleepwalked into a, a massive issue that was bubbling up for a long time. So it ain't going anywhere. <laughs> that's, that's what I think. That's awesome. Nick, I can't thank you enough for joining us on this episode. Uh, if you haven't learned anything about sponsorships, you've been under a rock for the past half hour. Um, you're literally listening it from a guy that's been in the industry for, I'm going to say 20 plus years. He only looks like he's 34, but he's been doing this thing for a while. Um, Nick, thank you so much for joining us talking all things sponsorship. And, uh, I, I feel like there might need to be another, another episode just on data sometime. I'd, I'd be, I'd be happy to do that. And I think we definitely need one on data for sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Everybody. Thank you again for listening to this episode of event Academy live. We'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the Event Academy live podcast. This show is powered by Fusion. Event solutions for the modern event organizer. Don't forget to like, rate, and review. We hope you enjoyed the show. Until next week, keep leveling up, fellow event organizers.